0: podcast, today is a very serious topic and one that I'm coincidentally bringing up during the holidays. First off, I hope your Christmas was amazing and that your family is doing well. Now, entrepreneurship is an extremely lonely vocation. You're the last in line of defense when shit hits the fan. It can lead some who aren't prepared for that to depression. I've talked to enough entrepreneurs and people who have entrepreneurial tendencies with varying degrees of depression. Some have just been sad for years and years, while some have contemplated removing themselves from this earth several times since taking the leap and starting their own business. I am by no means an expert on mental health, but I want to share some insight into something highly controversial and something that, in my opinion, isn't talked about enough. So, for those who are in certain circumstances, this may come across as offensive hearing it from someone who is not quote-unquote qualified. Please be respectful to one another and deploy empathy. Love you. What's up, podcast, and welcome to another episode of In Between. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to go into some stats of the podcast. I like to be fully transparent like this. I think it's really cool to know how far along, you know, your favorite show has come. So since starting back in September, September 16th, we're just a few listens away from 300 across seven platforms. Now, these platforms include but are not Inclusive to Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, and Radio Public. I need to say this because I don't say it enough even though it's at the end of every episode. Thank you so, so much. It means the world to me. I love stats. I'm obsessed with them, but I don't let them define what I do here. To me, the stats only show me that people are interested. If that number was one, I'd be like, cool, one person finds my stuff intriguing. Even if people didn't listen, I'd still be pumping out content because I just like to do it. Now that that's out of the way, hope you find the stats interesting. Let's get into the show. It breaks my heart when I hear that someone doesn't love themselves, or thinks they're shit or even worse. I feel myself becoming mentally stronger each and every day to the point where I'm becoming unfazed by everything except for my own voice. Now if you understand that my intent is good and I have enormous empathy for people and am deploying kindness everywhere I go, you'll realize that doesn't come from a totally narcissistic place. When I hear someone who's got, who's got it really bad, I just want to tell them, listen, I think you're amazing, and you don't, and that's so wrong. Sit down and tell me everything about your life. I really just want to say that to that person. What's really fun about doing that with people is they start thinking about all their pain. And I mean really thinking about it. It's therapy, right? If you've ever talked to a friend who's going through some shit, you've basically been a therapist. It changes behavior, right? I got a text from someone a few days ago telling me that they disconnected with someone who they knew was the source of their negativity and for the first time in years, they can breathe. It's not easy to break up with your spouse, brother, father, and so on, but it is the binary move if they're the poison of your life. If that's your reality, you need to think about this because you don't want to be 73 when your parent passes away and you finally start breathing. If that's not your life, if you're listening to this absolutely perplexed by what I'm saying, you need to go find your parents and give them the biggest hug you've ever given them. Since our in-between series has really become more business-focused, it just makes me laugh whenever, um, you know, whenever I talk to my friends who are entrepreneurs, we always come back to business, and it's like, man, that's just that's just how we roll. It's so in us that it's hard to talk about anything else, but we're self-aware enough to know that there's never a worry that, you know, oh no, the friendship is in jeopardy because all we talk about is business. Entrepreneurship is great. It's cool, right? What blows me away is how cool it's actually become. Before, if you were self-employed, you were a business person. This was way back in the day, like 80s, 90s. Then it became self-employed. When someone asked you what you did, you said you were self-employed. Now, everybody is or wants to be an entrepreneur. What they don't realize is that depression and entrepreneurship often go hand in hand. If you want proof of this, I want you to go to Instagram right now search the various hashtags surrounding entrepreneurship. You can even search hashtag entrepreneurship. What you'll see if you spend a couple hours searching through the top posts is private jets, partying with girls, champagne popping, fancy cars, watches, and all the other horseshit. What you'll never see in these hashtags is that 99% of them will all fail and lives will be turned upside down. You can only prop up fake environments for so long. I I just don't understand what people don't get about that. Like eventually all of, you know, eventually the curtain falls, right? Eventually the economy goes to shit and people get exposed. Like, you can't go, you can only go so long with pretending that you're, you know, donating $5 to Haiti, meanwhile, you're charging an extra $5 to make it, you know, make financial sense. What's never alluded to in entrepreneurship is the fact that fake environments lead to depression. Ultimately, that leads to suicide. Period. End of story. There's no difference between the guy on Instagram who rents a Lambo for a day to take a million pictures to post on Insta saying hashtag made it and the guy who poured all his savings into opening up a bakery and five months in realizes it's not working but because he went all in continues to borrow and go further into debt because that's all he's got now. The one similarity between those two guys is they're propping up fake environments and it's going to ruin lives. The key to overcoming this depression is self-awareness. Have the humility to say to yourself, I'm not fit to run my own business, but I've got this great idea and I want someone, a business partner maybe, to buy into it and run it for me or help me run it. Or have the humility to say, I really don't want to become a lawyer like my parents want me to be. Because what I really want to do is talk about Magic the Gathering all day on my YouTube channel. You know, I've only got 300 subscribers, but it's really starting to gain some momentum. I've got maybe like 10 people commenting each video and it feels real. There are so many ways to do it and be cool. Self-awareness is what's cool, not being CEO of a sinking ship. A lot of people, including myself, contemplate taking the leap and giving up everything to go all in on their business idea that's been brewing in their heads for years. Question is, what holds us back? I think if you haven't had enough selling experience, you'll have an incredibly hard time taking that leap. Being a salesman is crucial to being an entrepreneur because if you can't sell, you're finished. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are, or how good your idea is. Let's talk about that insecurity because if you don't have that experience and you know you haven't sold shit in your life, you may feel incredible pressure and self-conscious about owning your own business. I don't care what your sales experience is, whether you threw parties in high school and charged a $5 cover, or you sold candy bars in class during grade school, if you have any experience with selling you can make the leap. But let's say you have no sales background, but you have this burning desire to start a business. You can do two things for yourself. The first thing you can do is live more humbly. If you truly want to be an entrepreneur, you need to cut back on your fancy lifestyle. This means moving back in with your parents. And if that's not an option, go super ghetto and live with eight roommates so your rent is only like, 200 bucks a month. Other things you'll have to do is eat shittier, which is super against the grain of what society rolls with today. We're healthier than ever and eat better than ever, but if you want to realize your dreams, stop going out to fancy restaurants and stock up on some hot dogs. Listen, as ridiculous as it all sounds, you need to live more humbly because you've given up your one source of income, your main hustle, whatever you call it, to pursue this dream of yours that was once a side hustle maybe but you have no ability to sell shit so you need to look out for yourself the second thing you need to do is find a business partner with a sales background that can sell the shit out of whatever your product or service is listen there's nothing wrong with asking for help we all can't be you know the jack-of-all-trades entrepreneurs the smartest thing any entrepreneur can do is to outsource whatever they suck at and completely dominate whatever they're best at. But don't confuse self-doubt as being on its own. This is a broader self-esteem issue too. The transition from employee number 1234 to number one and CEO of your company is astronomic. Why? Because it's all on you. We talked about selling earlier, so I want to give some advice to those who suck at selling. Maybe you have low self-esteem or you're just shy. Never make a decision for the other party, right? Value is subjective. Every single entrepreneur I can guarantee loses more pitches than they win, but here's the funny thing. Whatever sales... Or whatever sale goes wrong or you know you lose a client or whatever just put the blame on them this isn't an accountability issue by the way the one thing you got to understand is there's a million reasons why somebody will say yes or no to you so let's switch gears for a second let's go to real life right we live in a society I'm just thinking of the meme we live in a society We live in a society where some of the disadvantages are now advantages. Today, some people will give you business because they're trying to diversify their vendors, if you know what I mean. Them saying no to you isn't because you suck or because you're not good enough. The reality is there's too many reasons for why they said yes or no. So when, you know, when you, when you pitch enough and you get the yeses or the nos, you eventually become numb to it. You become numb to whatever answer they give you. And when that happens, you'll know definitively what the conclusion is, right? Make 200 pitches to see what the result is. Don't just stop after the first or tenth pitch, you know, after the president of Yuba Juba said you suck. If all 200 said no, then you know there's definitely something up either you or the idea. If you are at a point in your life where you've been called in for that interview at Triple P Consulting, and this is round three of five, and you've survived the termination of a thousand other candidates, you are definitely worth it. If you're raising capital or pitching to vendors, and you make it down to the final pitch... You're definitely fucking worth it. But there's too many reasons, again, why somebody can say yes or no. So don't get hung up on it. Winning the pitch or the business doesn't mean you're smarter than other people. It's just, you were that person at the right time for the right business and the right reasons. People care about the numbers too much. And this also leads to depression. People front and live in fake environments so that when the economy goes to shit and they get exposed, you know, that's when people start going down some dark paths. I don't blame the kids or the institutions that bring them up either. I think it goes back to the parents, to be quite honest. When we talk about marketing, I really think that there's a huge problem with width over depth. I really don't care about the width metrics like so many of you look at an ad and go oh this one got eight million views and that's the definition of success and you don't realize that the algorithm can change and fuck all that up. The depth metrics I care most about is engagements, comments, click-throughs, stuff like that. Alternatively, I do sometimes like to take the width metric for its width value. For example, if I decide I'm going to make an ad and I say I want this to hit 10 million views to at least, you know, for 10 million people to at least see my face once in their lives, then that's kind of cool too. It all depends on the KPI, right? The KPI is the number of views you should be challenging that KPI in a world with YouTube and Facebook counting the way they're counting, i.e. their algorithms. Podcast, thank you so much for listening to today's In Between. Remember to give this episode, and that podcast for that matter, a like, share, favorite, applause, or whatever algorithm the platform you're listening on favors the most. If you love the podcast and my truth, go ahead and check out my Instagram at atanasi, Twitter at italianmerchant, SoundCloud at Marco Polo, and my LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash m-a-r-c-o dash a-t-t-a-n-a-s-i. Whatever your truth is, don't be afraid of it, ashamed of it, or embarrassed by it. And most importantly, do not give your two thoughts about what other people think of it. In other words, own your truth. I'll see you next time.